Restrictions are getting lifted in the suburban counties. 11 CEOs are giving 2021 predictions, and we've got some pork. We've got some local gyms you can hit up. We'll catch up on it next on Tool Time. We are back on Tool Time, the last show of 2020. I don't know about you, Sarah. I'm looking forward to get on with 2021 here. I see, I see your body yeah. language looks like you're saying yes. So uh, we're going to go over some stuff locally. Uh, we got some, some national real estate sort of opinions to go through. But let's talk about the, the biggest news, which I feel like all we talk about is coronavirus. Like, I don't, I don't, I mean, that seems like the only thing going on. So in some good news, um, the governor, Governor Wolf, our, our favorite talking point here on, on the show, he is lifting restrictions for restaurants, gyms, a lot of the stuff that got shut down uh, right after Thanksgiving on Monday, January 4th, although the city of Philadelphia is still locked down a little further till the 15th. What do you think about all this? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I do think it's smart that Philly is locked down um, a little bit longer. I think it's still a little bit soon to tell, honestly, what all is going to happen from the, the holidays and how well people are going to listen to the re- different restrictions that are still in place for New Year's. So I think like everything else this year, it's going to be seeing how things play out. Um, but we'll kind of just have to, to keep our eye on it and see where it goes. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think that Philadelphia is in a little bit of a different spot. I mean, it's more densely populated, right? Like it's just, there's more people in a smaller area. And um, it doesn't seem like people really, like they don't want to follow the rules. Like that's the biggest challenge that I see. Like I'm still seeing people like walk into places without masks on and stuff. And I'm not saying, I'm not pro or anti-mask. I'm not going there. This is the rules you have to follow if you want to do things. Like it's, it's the same thing as having like a driver's license. Like it's like you want to drive a car, go get a license. Like that's it. So right. um, the biggest relief I see is that I, I was watching like the news last night and I've seen like local places that I frequent, um, a lot of local like restaurant owners, um, gym owners, and they're just like, thank God I can start bringing in, like they're just relieved. And, and you know, if you look at a lot of the stuff that's been going on, I mean, these people have been getting really beat up and in the winter time, and especially this time of year, that's a big revenue maker for a lot of these local businesses. So I'm just excited to see that these places can start bringing in revenue and keep their businesses going. Because I think the big challenge is that the last time a lot of these places were supposed to open, they extend it like right at the last minute. And that didn't happen this time. So I'm, 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 that to me is positive. It looks like they were a little more transparent. The government followed through with what they were saying. I mean, the, the, the Philadelphia extension came a while ago. So it wasn't like it was today. And they're like, hey, by the way, next week you can't open anymore. We're going to push it back out. So in general, this is just good for local businesses. And what I'll tell everyone is that go support these places. You're going to go get, like, don't use DoorDash. Like, go pick up the food. You know, go to a gym, and we're going to actually talk about some some ways you can support these local gyms at the at the end of the show here with our local business highlight, because these guys need it. I mean, they're the backbones of our communities, and restaurants are really like a fabric of like the neighborhoods. I mean, especially like Sarah downtown where you are. I mean, that's like a whole reason people move there, and right. yeah, there's a lot of things that happen there. So I'm just glad to see these folks getting back to business. They're dealing with the restrictions like everyone else, and. We're going to keep talking about them, supporting them, and hopefully there'll be, there'll be a lot of ways that you can go out and then support these local places. I mean, that, that's really what 2020, 2020 ugh, tongue twister, 2021 is all about for me, is supporting local businesses. Sure. And, then, and I think also just as individuals, like, 
do your part um, to follow the rules and to do what needs to be done in order to allow things to stay open. Because at the end of the day, you know, if you aren't going to wear your mask in somewhere, if you're going to not follow the rules, you will affect everyone. So, um, you know, move forward smartly. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, like we have a really strict policy at our office. Like, I mean, you've seen it. It's like, hey, if you come into contact, here's what's going to happen. And we've had a couple people come to us right away. And the reason we're doing that is not to be strict or, or ridiculous. It's there's other people's livelihood at stake right now. And when you don't follow that, it can actually hurt other people without you even thinking about it. I heard this uh, analogy on um, from uh, Scott Galloway, someone I follow. He's like an NYU business professor. And he said that COVID-19 is like a net. And the more people that get it, the net becomes like a little thicker. And with the people that are getting hurt are the ones that get caught up in the net. And I look at that as like local businesses or like elderly or people with comorbidities. So I think that's a really good way to look at it is that like the, the, the more lax you are, you're not necessarily hurting yourself because the survival rate's so high, but you're hurting other people that are a lot more vulnerable, whether it's financially or from a health perspective. So that's a really good observation. Sure. I mean, All right. I know um, my, uh, my sister lives in Toronto and one of the ways that they were enforcing uh, different things throughout the holidays here were, I mean, they were putting it down to the individuals. If you violated the rules that they put out for how many people could gather, you could be fined $10,000. If you um, held a house party and an outbreak occurred from it and they could trace it back to that, you could lose your homeowner's insurance. <laughs> like they were I like, like we're going to make you have to be responsible for this. And I think that if you're not going to listen to other things, for some people, that might be what makes them listen. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, there's got to be some sort of repercussion. I mean, it's not like a free-for-all here. And, and what happens is when people are lax with this, and there's some people, I mean, I've heard some crazy stories. And I'm not necessarily personally afraid of, afraid of like what happens to my health if I get the virus. I think I'm pretty healthy. It's more, who else am I going to, like, do I need to worry about? Like, I've got some, you know, my parents are older. You know, it, you don't know what's going to happen. So to me, it's as much like this is a community thing. And that's yeah, why we keep talking about other businesses. people and, and not just yourself. For sure. 100% agree. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, that's a really great observation. Look, and like, I mean, you're kind of in the same boat, right? Like, I mean, you've got to be a little more conscious of your health. And I wouldn't want to put anyone at risk. And, and that goes for everyone in our office and, and all that stuff, too. So like even I mean, it's just that's just the way it is right now. I mean, so, you know, think about other people that's like a good 2021 mantra like think about other people instead of yourself and put on your mask right like that's that's yep. and wash your hands i mean i think that's like if you do that stuff you're going to be good to go sure all right so more good news here and we're actually talking about um there was a really interesting article that came out and i'm not going to go through all 11 of these we'll be here all day but uh there was uh, on inman there was 11 ceo predictions on 2021 what's going to happen in the real estate market and we obviously we talk a lot about real estate I've seen a couple of these men and women speak, so I'm really intrigued because I've, I've been through these things before, and I love to get their perspectives because they're looking at the national market. Obviously, we're looking locally, so I'm going to go kind of rapid fire here with you, Sarah. I'm going to fire off a couple of these to you, and I'm going to give you the abridged version, and then we can talk about what we think and, and, and how, how that prediction stacks up. So the first one comes from the CEO of Realogy, Ryan Schneider. I think 2021 is going to be a very good year for housing. We're entering with substantial momentum, and we have the benefit of low interest rates as well as social changes of urban to suburban, within suburban, and even some people going to attractive tax and weather destinations, all being a good thing for housing. 
What do you think his assessment here is? What do you think? Tell me. I think it's accurate. I think um, I think we're going in strong. I think there's a lot of demand. I think the interest rates are absolutely still a major factor that's going to affect the market. Um, and I think he's pretty spot on. People do have a little bit more options. Um, they don't necessarily need to be tied right to where their, their office would be. They've got a little bit more um, mobility that they can kind of put in there. And I think it's, it's pretty spot on. I agree. I would also say this is very vanilla. I, I mean, this is to me is like, okay, yeah, I think we all knew this. We know there's low rates. We know there's decentralization going on. Uh, it, to me, that's like a typical CEO quote. Very accurate. Don't get me wrong, but not anything like crazy. Like it was, it was just, right. okay, thanks for the update. I already knew this. Now, a lot of people may not know that if they're not in the real estate industry like we are. Very accurate. Totally agree with you there. All right. The next one, our favorite company, Zillow. So Zillow CEO, Rich Barton. A little more dynamic here of a quote. So um, the shift online to online is accelerating. Virtual tools home shoppers have adopted for safety today will become their expectations for convenience tomorrow. This past year also laid out how antiquated processes are such as in-person appraisals, filings, closings, and they need to be simplified, streamlined, and digitized to meet the needs of today's home shoppers. As we look at the broader market, we believe the trends we are seeing will have a positive and lasting impact in 2021 and beyond. Um, the COVID-19 forced us to reassess where and how we live and what we want and need from a home. We call it the great reshuffling, and we believe it will be a defining cultural trend of the decade. What do you think about all that, Sarah? Yeah, <laughs> it's- um, There's a lot it, there. It, yeah, there's, there's a lot to unpack there. I think a lot of it does make sense. I think that like anything else, when things are innovated and you put steps in place that make things more like more streamlined and easier on the consumer, they are going to expect that moving forward. So a lot of these things that we had to put in place during the pandemic in order uh, to keep things moving forward and to stay safe now will be the expectation of people because in many cases, a lot of those things made sense and this proved that they worked and that the transactions could still move forward without as much in-person time, which I think is what a lot of people would like. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, so I, I love this quote and, and again, very accurate assessment on your part. What I love about this is the antiquated processes. And I mean, you've heard me say this a million times and you know, even maybe when we started working together 18 months ago, like there was a lot of in-person stuff that I was like, hey, we don't need to do this. But other agents would be like, but we've always done it this way, what do you mean? And real estate is full of that stuff. And even now, like with settlements, like I'll see people and they insist on going even though we're not supposed to go. Like they're saying, don't come to a settlement. And these agents just, they will not give it up. So to me, this is spot on. And, and let's look at who Richard Barton is, right? He is a disruptor and he is a tech disruptor specifically. If you look what he did with the Expedia and, and how that changed the travel industry, you know, it, I mean, and look what he's doing with Zillow. He's doing the same thing. Like it's no different. So uh, I, I agree with what he's saying. People want it better, faster, quicker, more convenient. They want to do all those things. And I do agree that the, the folks that like don't pivot here, they're going to be out of the industry. I mean, may not be like this year, but in a couple of years, you're going to see like the, the, the population of realtors really shift because the average realtor is like 55 years old. And I mean, and, and not that that's old, but that's, you know, old relative to your career, kind of at the end of your career, not the beginning. So, uh, and also in terms of like people are reassessing how and where they live. I mean, that, that's a trend that's pretty obvious, but 
more importantly, removing the antiquated processes. I love this one. That was very exciting to me because I feel the same way. I mean, there's better ways to do things just because it's been done that way for 40 years doesn't mean it's right. So totally agree with that one. Okay. Glenn Kelman, Redfin CEO. The obvious trend is consolidation. And he goes into like websites, brokerages, lenders, title companies, iBuyers. For consumers, this will make moving easier and less costly. It'll create new economies of scale across several mom and pop industries. It'll drive more mergers and acquisitions. Um, and then the hidden trend is pressure on buyers agents caused in part by the lawsuits NAR is facing. And the most unlikely trend is that real estate agents act as an employee, which obviously his company company is doing. Um, so what do you think about that one? I mean, that one's a little, that one's even a little more controversial than, uh, than, than, than Barton there. Sure. So, um, you know, I think that he does make a lot of, a lot of good points there. I think that we are going to need to, to kind of pivot and get on board with the trend and the way that things are moving in order to stay successful. I think, a lot of people do want your one-stop shop where everything is kind of right there for you. Um, and for some brokerages, I think that this will be more of a shift than others. I know that for us, um, you know, for a lot of those different pieces that fall into place there that you were talking about, um, you know, any of our, our people are welcome to go who they would like to go to, to get those things done. But we, we, can almost have it be a one-stop shop the way that that we're set up that we provide all those things but not everyone's like that and certainly everybody wants one click of a button and say like you know let's do it so uh i think that that makes that makes sense that people are going to lean towards that model for sure and and you know i think people they everyone wants this to be easier because i look at how stressful a real estate transaction is and, and you've gone through one i mean it's like people get stressed, like they're freaked out. And I don't blame them because as competent as you may be, you know, walking someone through a transaction, which clearly you are, or the same you could say for me, you still get these people on the other side that have no idea. Like they, they have no concept of like what the contract says and what needs to happen. And that creates, creates a lot of undue stress. So when they're talking about the, to me, the biggest thing you mentioned there is not so much the one-stop shop, because I mean, even if someone came to us and they said, Hey, Sarah, I want to buy a house. I don't know anything. Can you just connect it all for me? We could do that because we have that ability within the way we're set up. And a lot of companies are set up that way. So that's the iBuyer thing is obviously a, a new one that, that, that a lot of folks are talking about. Um, and, and there's ways to even integrate that, which, you know, we're, we're working on internally. The big thing is pressure on buyer's agents. I mean, I think that, that that's going to be, you know, it, it's, it's such a, hey, can you show me this home in 10 minutes sort of thing? And then if you can't, they're just going to call somebody else. And shifting to like a salary model for some agents, that's not going to go that way across the board. However, Redfin has salaried agents. So of course he's going to say that's a trend. Zillow is hiring agents. So, you know, th there's that sort of pressure and that's going to be for a certain kind of client. There's other people that want a guide. They want someone they can trust. They want an advisor. They want the knowledge broker. And that's where people like you and I are going to be able to come in and do that. So, you know, he, I think there's a little propaganda in this one for his company because he's the CEO of Redfin. And that's their whole business model. And at the same time, Redfin agents, I mean, a lot of them don't know what the hell they're doing. So you could put them in that category because they're literally just opening doors. And then, you know, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. So I, I think it's more of the same what you're hearing from him. And that's a typical CEO of Disruptor Company quote, in my view. Okay. All right. We only got, we've got two or three more here. So uh, the next one comes from. 
EXP CEO, Jason Giesing. So I'll give you the short version of his. Um, the sustained interest in the suburbs and sales in city centers will continue. And then the thing that he talked about, again, and this is, I'll let, I'll let you make a judgment on this. Agents will lean into technology-driven virtual brokerages. The brick-and-mortar value prop of a traditional brokerage will fade fast as more agents and their clients will embrace remote work in 2021. What do you think about that one? So um, I couldn't hear the beginning part of it. It was kind of cutting in and out a little bit there. Um, <laughs> Gotta love Zoom. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I think that for some people that will be more of a shift than others. I think that this job in itself is already, um, well, not like entirely virtual. You are out on the road a lot. You're not, it's not a job that you typically are in the office nine to five from anyway. Um, so I think for some people that, that'll be more of a shift than others. Um, I don't know if that answered your question or not. <laughs> Well, I, I think it's, I, I agree with you. So, and, and it's not your question. You know, this is your opinion on this. So again, he's the CEO of eXp. So of course he's going to be promoting virtual brokerages because that's their whole model, right? At the same time, there, there's the, we've talked about this before where the virtual stuff, and we've done a lot of this, that can really, you know, the people are going that way and that's fine for like an initial meeting with a buyer because there's really nowhere else to meet unless you go to somebody's office. So that may not necessarily be convenient. Um, and then there's the physical enhancement. And like, I mean, there's still gonna be people that will not buy a home virtually. Like it's just not gonna happen. There's still people that are gonna wanna have you come out to their home before you list it. Like it's just, it's not gonna happen. So my view is that, yeah, of course he's talking about going virtual. The best teams, the best companies, they've already embraced it. I mean, even this week, I knew you were, you know, you got some stuff, I was like, hey, let's jump on a Zoom and do the call. It's gonna be way easier. because You're not gonna be in the office and I'm not there today either. So. The whole point is, I think this has already happened. I don't think this quote's that, that exciting to me. I mean, this is kind of like one of those vanilla, more of the same. Oh, and by the way, I'm the CEO of a virtual brokerage, so I'm going to talk about that. So right. not very exciting. Um, so we got two more here, and then we'll kind of talk about some local businesses. So the next one comes from Remax CEO, Adam Contos. So in 2021, we expect the industry to get even more competitive. The smartest companies will be focused on being more proactive in anticipating and meeting their customers' needs and wants rather than merely reacting. It will raise the bar, and frankly, that's something we're excited about. Consumers are demanding more from the brands they choose. Uh, there's some other stuff here. Um, they want to know what a brand stands for, what it's doing for their community, how it can make their lives easier. So what do you think about Adam's quote here? Um, I mean, I feel like that's a little bit vanilla as well in that that's a safe thing to say and isn't that what um anyone would want you you don't just want an agent that's reactive like and hopefully that's not um you know how you were kind of set up to begin with like you always want to be thinking about what's coming next and how to position yourself um for your clients your buyers your sellers um so i mean i think it's it's accurate but it's not um i don't know that it's it's saying anything too crazy. I mean, I think, yeah, we need to, we need to be looking at future trends and um, being aware of what's coming up in the future and how best to serve, serve our clients. And obviously as a client, you're going to want that. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, what, what, I, what I'll say about this, you know, forecast is that it is competitive right now. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's tough getting offers accepted. It's, it's tough getting listings. So it is a very competitive market and I don't see that changing. And what I, to my point earlier, there's going to be some people 
that because they're not pivoting and they're not adjusting and they're not embracing what's going on, they're going to be out of the business. So that's a very accurate assessment. And I, you know, I also am excited about that because I know with the amount of time we spend in innovation and how can we better serve the consumer and getting ahead of these trends and self-education. I mean, you see what we invest in that just as a team and as, as a company, I'm all for that. And consumers are demanding more. They got really high expectations right now. So if you're not up to meeting it and embracing what's going on, then you're, you're not going to have the same client base that you used to. So uh, I, I do agree with that. And the, the one thing I found interesting here was they want to know what a brand stands for and what it's doing for their community. And I, I, I see 2021 as a year where it's going to be super local brand focused are going to be the people that win because look, our local communities are hurting right now. Most businesses are small businesses and all these, you know, like we talked about earlier, like restaurants, gyms, that sort of stuff. If you're not helping those places and you're not a part of the fabric of the community, what's going to differentiate you from somebody else because it's that competitive. So I thought that was a pretty, that to me was probably the, the best thing that he said there because that's really what's going on. Uh, but I, I agree. Like, of course, like yeah, it's a very CEO quote. A good one, but still a CEO quote. Uh, all right, the last one here. Um, this one was this one's pretty interesting. So this comes from where is it here? Got to look through my notes. Uh, okay, here we go. So this comes from Corcoran CEO Pam Liebman. So um, what she talks about here is today there is a new emphasis on the importance of home. They have served as workplaces, schools, gyms, and movie theaters, and people have used their kitchens like never before. All this time spent in close quarters has caused many to take a magnifying glass to their current residents and realize its shortcomings. With the election behind us and vaccines currently being distributed, there's an increased sense of optimism as we enter 2021. Although we face inventory and affordability issues, our industry is on solid footing for further growth in the new year, both in New York, where Corcoran is based, and across the country. We as professionals are stronger and smarter due to what we have faced. And I look forward to a brighter year ahead. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, people have spent a lot more time in their homes this year. They've certainly reevaluated what's, what's important, where they kind of want to, uh, I mean, they've been forced to spend their time there, but, uh, you know, projects or things that they would want differently in their home or if they need to, upsize, downsize. Um, they're going to put a little bit more thought and emphasis into, into that because you may not be getting out and doing some of the other things that would be getting you out of your home. So um, very accurate. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. And look, she's, Corcoran's based in New York, right? So I think those people probably had it tougher than most because they can't like go outside or go to a park and, and do all. I mean, New York's in a, in a tough spot. So I do agree there's a lot of optimism. I've seen people more upbeat and optimistic than ever before. And maybe just because the year's over and they're kind of done with it. But uh, overall, I, I think that that's a really interesting thing to, to look at there. I do like the quote, uh, kind of vanilla, but also really positive. And I don't see them, you know, the, the big thing is a lot of people are like, what happens with the foreclosure crisis or is things going to change in the marketplace? And you know, I don't see that happening. I mean, I see inventory kind of coming down a little bit, then sellers coming back to the market, more of a normal seasonal market, like you're, Spring and summer months are really busy. So that's a good assessment on her end. And really, I hope that happens in New York because like New York is one of those places like we'd go up there and for like an overnight or like hang out without our kid. Like, I hope that happens sooner than later in New York. I don't know if it will, but I'd love to see that city make a comeback because that's like a special place just for everyone in the country. So sure. overall, I mean, these things, my view is 
We got some agenda pushing. We got some vanilla quotes. I didn't see anything that crazy there, but I also right. would, would, would say that we're pretty in tune with what's going on in the market. And it seems like for the most part, everyone's on the same page, which is exciting because that means good things for the real estate market. So let's talk about New Year's because we're doing all the fun Christmas stuff. And you know, I don't have like a fun prop today. They're all sitting in the bag out in the other room. Um, pork and sauerkraut. Good luck, Mia. I, like someone told me about this a couple years ago. I didn't really know about it. My mother-in-law told me. Uh, so fill us in on what that means. Then we got a couple of local businesses we can discuss. Sure. So I'm from Lancaster, which, um, you know, has a lot of German influence there. Um, so pork and sauerkraut is definitely something that I always grew up with. It's a good luck meal um, for, for the upcoming years. So um, I guess pigs actually root forward when they eat, <laughs> as opposed to turkeys or chickens that kind of scratch backwards. So there's a little bit of symbolism there for, you know, moving forward into the new year. Um, sauerkraut is supposed to, and cabbage is supposed to signify long life. And it's also supposed to be a reference to money, I think just because of the way it's like shredded. Um, and then regionally, there's a couple different dishes that, that people do. I mean, I think pork and sauerkraut is, you know, all, all over, but, um, and all of them kind of come back to just good luck in the new year and good fortune and money. Um, so down south and in a couple of different areas, a lot of people eat black-eyed peas and collard greens. The black-eyed peas are uh, kind of supposed to look like coins and also symbolize money. A lot of people do pickled herring, um, mm. which I guess the fish is supposed to look a little bit like money. And it's also something that I guess is just valued because you don't know with herring, I guess they don't have a predictable swim pattern. So it's, uh, it's good to get your hands on some pickled herring. And then there's also a lot of um, cultures and different regions and stuff that like to do lentils um, and different beans. And the lentils also are just good fortune and I guess also are supposed to look like money. So it all comes back to money and fortune. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like people are looking to get rich in the new year is what I'm hearing. So maybe yeah. we should get into real estate. I don't know. Um, so. Very cool stuff. I, I will be making a pork roast. We usually do it in like the Dutch oven. Um, my wife does not like sauerkraut, so she's like, oh, you got to make this by yourself. And I'm just like, you know, it's not as good, but whatever. We'll, we'll compromise. Yeah. I guess that's what marriage is all about. So you making any pork? What's the, what's the plan in the uh, Time and Hoke household? Yeah, so we're going to do we're gonna do a pork and sauerkraut, but then we're also going to do um, a chili because the oh. Clemson game is on um, 8 o'clock, New Year's Day, p.m. So oh, Clemson, yeah. So what do you think's going to win the title? Who, who they, so who are they playing? I, I know this, but I'm, Ohio Clemson, State. Yeah, Clemson, like take the points, bet on Clemson. I don't think there's any question they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna lose um, or win. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm betting on Clemson legally, obviously on Friday. I'm book it right now. So Trevor <laughs> Lawrence is he's he's the real deal. Oh yeah, we're excited. So, all right, we'll talk we'll talk about the national championship next week. That'll be interesting. But uh, okay. tell, take take Clemson. Who do you got in the other game? Alabama, Notre Dame. Who do you like? I mean, I think Alabama's going to take it. Like, the way Bama Notre Dame day. played uh, most recently. I mean, I know Notre Dame beat us earlier in the year, which was very disappointing. But um, I think Alabama's going to take that game. Bama all day. I'm saying Bama, Clemson, again, I, I totally agree with you on that. Um, that's great predictions on your part. We'll see if they're right. But I'll root for Clemson mainly because I'm going to bet on them. Uh, also because, yeah. you know, obviously I got a little rooting interest with you there. Syracuse doesn't do well in the ACC, so it's uh, we, we don't it's not uh, not as much fun. Sure. All right, a couple of local businesses, real quick. So 
the biggest New Year's resolution is what, Sarah? I think you know. Oh, we're going to go to the gym and lose weight. Yeah, oh. most people are going to get in shape, <laughs> right? So we got two local gyms, locally owned gyms that are doing a lot of virtual stuff, and then they'll be able to open up. So the first one is Fuel Cycle Fitness in Ardmore, and they are doing virtual classes every day. And then they also have outdoor classes at Linwood Park, which is right at the corner of Athens and Linwood in South Ardmore. Uh, and that's Wednesdays and Saturdays. So I like that they're doing something. Now, I'm not a big fan of working out in the cold, but if that's what you do, that's great. Um, great local place to support. So virtual classes every day and then outdoor at Linwood Park on Wednesday and Saturday. And then for the people walking at, watching out in Chester County, it's Vibe Vault Fitness. Um, they are doing everything virtual until things open up and they have virtual strength classes and virtual cardio. And if you're like me and didn't know how to work out and like lift weights, the strength class is really helpful. So you, you don't like hurt yourself to get the right form. And if anyone follows me on social media, they know I like doing cardio. So two great places to support. We'll drop their info in the post here. Fuel Cycle Fitness in Ardmore, Vibe Vault Fitness in Exton. Go check out these local businesses, support them. They're doing great stuff, all locally owned. That's all we got. 2020, we're out. Catch you next Woo. week. Thanks for watching, everybody.